Welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 275. We're actually at 311 episodes. 311. Oh, 311. (laughs) Beautiful disaster. The people. What? The people. What's up? Fly it down the street. No, you're singing the the newer shit. (laughs) Fuck all that dumb. No, I'm not. If I listen to anything, it's going to be the first two albums. (laughs) Anyway, well, I'm back. Last week's episode was really funny. Oh yeah, you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't. Finish. I didn't think you'd listen to it. I didn't finish it, but I got at least an hour in. Okay, so <laughs> it, was, it it got bad. No, it's because it, I have, like I've told you many of times. Oh, it, it's hard for me to, to listen to, to Josh talk at all. <laughs> to any- <laughs> I understand. No, you guys are <laughs> <laughs> you guys are hilarious together, though. I hope he comes back. Oh, I'm sure he will. Maybe Jesse will come along. You know? Yeah, he'll... that would have been fun if he, <laughs> he would have up. Jesse's cool though. No, I really like. I like both of them. That yeah. those are guys I could just yeah, hang out are, with. Those yeah, are good guys. Josh and I like fucking hung out until like I, I don't even like five hours afterwards. Like, oh, dude, really? I mean, like, ridiculous. Like, that's how we talk. That's cool. Yeah, we just won't shut up. <laughs> I think he had to cut it short with me, and I was like, oh, was I the one talking too much? I was like, fuck you, Josh. <laughs> no, but he had to go. <laughs> so, But we had a blast. We were just sitting here. He was getting drunk and more drunk as it went on, you know, drinking 10%. So. Oh, jeez. But yeah, I hope you guys caught last week's episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, this week, we're going to actually be talking about two movies, two new movies, that cost $20 each to watch. But we said, you know what? Fuck it. We're not ready for the fucking movie theater just yet. We're going to go on my birthday, which is yep. coming up here, I think, April 7th. Uh, I'm thinking about going to see that movie with the lady who's like a, she works like as a cleaning lady. And she like, it's like everything and nothing at all in one place. Oh, okay. It's it's coming out like the 25th, supposedly comes out on the 25th or something. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. 25th. Oh, okay. It might be April 10th or something you like that. You don't want to go see the Batman? Maybe, I don't know. It might be a little too depressing on my birthday. You know, I don't want to put on my goth makeup and fucking, you know, if we were going to do that, I wouldn't want music because I don't want to hear fucking, what's his name, talk the whole time, you know. I'm looking forward to the movie. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that's a birthday movie, in my oh, opinion. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch fucking, you know, <laughs> I don't want to watch fucking subber- a Serbian film on my birthday oh, either. Oh, my God. Well, that also means that next week's episode is your birthday episode. Well, let's take. Why don't we tell them what the movies are before we get off oh, track? Oh yeah, <laughs> what are we watching? Um, but the movies we're watching this week are The Cursed from 2021. It actually just came out in February in the main theaters, but it it premiered I think at the Sundance Film Festival in like 
2021. Then we also have Studio 66. The Foo Fighters join for a gortastic fucking comedy. Uh, that's pretty interesting to talk about. I think both of these movies are going to be really interesting to talk about. And right. there has... It's, ugh, God. Sucks. Last night, right before I went to bed, we're recording this on Saturday, by the way, guys. I usually record right before I, I stream on Twitch, um, just before, and we're going to be doing it late today because we just had a late start. It was just, it's just like a rough day for me. But I got the news late last night, right before I went to bed at like three in the morning, that Taylor Hawkins actually had passed away at the age of 50. He was the drummer in Foo Fighters. And he's in the movie. And he's in Obviously. the movie, yeah. They've been That's dude. Sucks. They've been promoting the shit out of the movie too for the right. past month. And then they went on tour, and they were in Colombia, and something bad happened. I I heard that it had something to do with his chest. Yeah, that's all they said. But it, I mean, that's not of our business. He right, passed right. away. It sucks. It sucks. He was only fifty. Like it's so weird. I know. Just goes to show you that no matter go at any time. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah, you don't. I'm probably got a couple more months left in me. I don't even know. I know. <laughs> it could be. I mean, I don't know. You're like, get on the treadmill. Get on the treadmill. And then I die on it. And then it'll be your fault. And then I'm going to haunt you. Right. And yeah. So <laughs> you're right. It'll be my fault. Anyways, it's sad news to hear if you're a Foo fan. Even if you're not. it doesn't. Yeah. Everybody- you, don't, you don't have to be because I was kind of sad about it, too, because there's a I'll get into it more when we talk about Studio Six oh, okay. and what I think about Foo Fighters and all this other stuff. OK. But I just, you know, there's so there's nothing wrong with not liking someone's music, but wanting to root for them. Like if you're not a huge fan, like I don't dislike their music. I'm just not a fan. You know what I mean? Like that's. Mm-hmm. I've seen them live. I have. Have a, you? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I I'll tell you guys the story when we get into the review. Deal with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got those two movies to talk about. Insane that all that news came out. There's just like even five months ago, I think like Dave Grohl played with like Lord and everybody as a tribute to fucking Nirvana for being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, that was a few years ago. Was it a few that years was ago? Like 2017. Okay, well then they played. They did something recently, five months ago, I think, where they replayed the song and Dave doesn't ever want to play the songs. Oh, where he he covered them on tour. Yeah, That's something like about. that. I know they did the Lord thing with like for Nirvana when they came in, which I don't know. Nirvana's been popping in my head a lot lately. Like me too. I think it's because we're it, just at that age. It's well, it's the '90s coming back. Yeah, this is like the the era of the '90s coming back to shine its, its a fucking cycle. yeah, its style in our faces. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, horror doesn't su- suffer from that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far we're doing all right, but I mean, like, let's slow the roll down on these fucking. I know what you did last summer in well, Scream st- movies, you please. You still haven't fucking watched Scream. I don't. I know. I will, but I don't want to see. I don't want to have like fifty other movies. Like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Part seven. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, like, I don't want these like horror movie like tropey funny movies i don't know i don't like that i want something original we not do that shit okay i'm no offense to anybody that likes that stuff okay but this is not my thing 90s were not my favorite year or decade of of movies Mm -hmm. it was so drastically different than the 80s it just extreme you know like that's when everything like the tail end of (laughs) final destination yeah well the tail end of the 90s got better but for the most part it is the slower 
portion of of horror, in my opinion. Okay. So anyway, long story short, go suck a dick. <laughs> We're not going to do as many dick jokes as you guys did last week. We did okay? a lot of dick jokes. You did a lot. Josh of- did a lot of dick jokes. <laughs> you guys did a lot. Of dick I'm jokes. the one that usually tries to prevent dick jokes from happening. You're trying to have dick jokes and then it's es- shitty. Especially the when we had party. Mike when Mike was doing the show oh, here. Nonstop with him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We hung dicks from the ceiling just to remind ourselves dicks, how many dicks, dicks everywhere. Yeah, Mike hung, hung let his dick hang out. Okay, we're already doing it. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think it might be that time. <laughs> what time is it? Horse shots. All right, guys. So we decided to pick Studio Six 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 for our horror shot of the week. And why did we pick this? Well, sometimes it just works this way. I don't know what it is. It's just like the other movie we thought we could do something like a silver tooth or, you know, silver chompers or, you know, yeah, I don't know, something. First of all, Studio 666 is a horror comedy with Dave Grohl to finish their 10th album. And their 10th album is like a metal album they want to do. And it turns into Dave getting uh, possessed by some demon. And killing all the bandmates. And one of the things that they're doing before they, you know, die, obviously, is recording an album. And it's this really long song that they're tuning it to the key of L sharp. You came up with a whole new key, dude? (laughs) Yeah, man. It's called L sharp. And they're all trying to, like, play to it. You know, like, (laughs) how do we get L, man? (laughs) He's like, that's it. That's it. L sharp. So we thought it'd be funny to make a drink based on the L sharp in the movie as kind of a nod to studio six, six, six. So what's in a L sharp, Christina? What is it? Okay. (laughs) We got a half, a half of whiskey. We used black velvet whiskey and then the other half of brandy. What was it called? E and J. Yeah. Yeah. Brandy. Terrible. But the devil is terrible too. So I think that'll be fine. Okay. I'm going to take it too. Plus I'm drinking whiskey on the side. I wanted to do something with Jägermeister. Just, just so you guys know, well, they, this yeah, is the nice. kind of effort that I really want to put into this and how much I really care about it, okay? And I didn't want to lie about it because I could easily, very easily lie about it, but I don't. And we were going to go buy Coors Light to honor Taylor Hawkins, and we were going to do shots of Jaeger or and tequila because they used to drink those on tour. But we decided since we couldn't go to the store, we couldn't afford to go buy stuff right now. So we decided to go with what we had, which is black velvet, which is a very good choice for the Satan thing. Mm-hmm. Black velvet and the little boys. Anyway, That's smile. Karaoke, dude. It's not mm. karaoke. And then uh, E&J, just because. Okay. Um, cheers. Cheers. R.I.P. Rest in peace to uh, Taylor Hawkins. Mm. Boy, she did not like that. I thought it was all right. It actually tastes pretty good. I've never seen her like this. I thought she was going to puke. Yuck. It's gross. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. Did you Yuck. actually take the whole thing? Yeah, I did. I actually took the whole thing. Wow. Christina's... I never do. She's, she's getting with the big kids now. Yeah, I'm drinking by myself. It's been, <laughs> it's been amazing. Dude, she woke up and she was like fucking drinking. You know what? I woke up And one crying day. in the fucking living room. Yeah, I fucking woke up one day and I'm like, why am I not drinking? Why did I stop drinking? It's because no one liked it when I was drinking. And I, you know what I said? I said, fuck that shit. 
I'm drinking. Yeah. I like me when I'm drinking. Dude, we got she fucking scratched my face and but pushed my head into a fucking cabinet. What? Did it's I? pretty cool. No, I didn't. <laughs> why are you asking? It's totally me. Why? I thought maybe. Are I you was, being serious? I thought I was drunk and I like blacked out. She and I has didn't not been drinking, guys. I We're didn't just being... remember hitting you because I was drunk. You know, this isn't really funny because this it's is really not funny. Sorry, it's not funny. <laughs> it's funny to us because we're not that way, right? And you know, but, but yeah, it, yeah, it's triggering. It's, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, Christina. Okay, maybe I isn't stop... domestic abuse funny? <laughs> maybe maybe I should stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, I think. To, see what it does to you. Just one shot. Anyway, guys, if you would like to have better taste, maybe try one of our horror shots called an L Sharp from the movie Studio 666. And if you'd like to do so, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So uh, now we're going to jump into our reviews of The Curse from 2021 and Studio 666. Right now. All right, the cursed is about. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're doing really good here. Okay, I'm getting serious. Do you want me to intro you uh, in or something? No, no, I got it. Did I, I, got, fuck you I up? got this. I got this. Okay. <laughs> in rural 19th century France, a mysterious, possibly supernatural menace threatens a small village. John McBride, a pathologist, comes to town to investigate the danger and exercise some of his own demons in the process. CSI 1890. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tagline. Well, there is no tagline because it's 2022 and we don't do taglines anymore. Do they not have a tagline? They didn't have the a tagline. other movie doesn't have a tagline. I know. It's because it's it, they don't do taglines anymore. Well, that's no fun. I'm telling you. It's because, you know, we don't have like. Because people are too smart. Rent, no, no, they're renting not. Renting and stuff. It's just different now because everything's changed. Words stream- cost so much more than they used to. Streaming and stuff like that. Right. With inflation, know? the words cost more. Yeah, that's true. And then you <laughs> God gotta, damn Biden. Somebody has to write those words and shit, you know? It's Russia. Okay. <laughs> Written and directed by Sean Ellis. <laughs> he also. Directed Metro Manila from 2013, Anthropoid from 2016, and The Broken from 2008. Okay? okay. Now, this movie stars Boyd Holbrook, who plays John McBride. Yes. He was in The Predator. The new one, yeah. The- yeah. And he was in Milk from 2008, uh, Gone Girl, A Walk Among the Tombstones. He was on Narcos, you know, on Netflix. That's right. He was the cop. Yep. Holy shit. I know. Shitballs. That's right. what it was. I couldn't remember. He was also in Logan. He was you know, really Wolverine. good in that show, by the way. He was. That's a good show. And he was in Morgan from 2016. Okay. It's Cat- funny because the, the other guy got a uh, who did uh, Disney's Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. got bigger because um, uh, he was on I thought they both did great, honestly. Yeah. But Pedro Pascal blew up. Oh, totally. Uh, Kelly Riley plays Isabel. Uh, she was in Sherlock Holmes from t- 2009, Dead Bodies from 2003, Eden Lake, 
And Ellie from 2018. Mm-hmm. Alistair Petrie, who plays Seamus, was in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. He was in Hellboy, the new one, uh, and Devil's Playground from 2010. Okay. And then finally, we have Simon Kuntz. Kuntz. Is that Kuntz? Kuntz. Yeah, nobody calls their I'm last sorry, name Sirman Kuntz. <laughs> okay, he plays Mr. Griffin. Uh, he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral, GoldenEye, Hellraiser, uh, Debtor from 2005, and he was in The Cave from 2005. Okay, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of the people are recognizable, but they look different. Well, it's probably because it's a period piece. <laughs> yeah, it's a and there's a lot more lore. actors that you only did four. I did. Yeah, there was a lot more, and they're uh, they're all like established actors. Yeah, it's it's pretty big cast. I just kind of picked the ones where like I knew them what movies they were in. <laughs> <laughs> Money? Oh, I didn't. I didn't see a budget on this one. Okay. Uh, they had the. It's still in the theaters. Yeah. You know. So. Well, we got early access to it. Yeah. Because you can do the twenty dollar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Alex, what did you think of the cursed? So wow, fucking what a complete fucking surprise to me. This movie fucking rocks, and I don't even like period pieces. Serious? Honestly, one of the best. One of these movies. Because it is a creature feature. I don't want to say what it is because it should be left up to your imagination so you can go in. You'll figure it out pretty quickly. I don't know why I can't say it, but I'm just not saying it for the sake of those who will probably not care or maybe get pissed at me. Who cares? Anyway, I loved it. I love the portrayal of the story, the gore. It's realistic as shit when it comes to the story writing and extremely well done in a lot of areas. I always talk about period pieces and they kind of take me out of the movie, but this one is not one of those movies. Like it really managed to get my attention and kept it there the entire time of the movie. There are a couple of slow spots in the movie of dialogue and stuff, but everybody's performance is well above average. And if not into like fantastic area, you know what I mean? Some are, you know, a little off, but there's just everybody was firing on all cylinders here on everything. This is like a raw gothic horror tale for modern moviegoers, I feel like. It's so in-your-face and well-crafted that it's hard not to bubble up about it. Like, I really liked it that much. I like even the set design, the art direction for, like, the teeth that you see proudly presented on the cover of the fucking uh, goddamn movie that they've changed to some little girl, like, hanging... I don't even know what it is. I don't like that one. I like the teeth fucking poster. It looks dope. Um, But the acting in this movie is pretty well done. I think it's especially well done for the times that they're portraying, which is the 1890-ish area because it's 35 years before 1921 it was, or 1918? It was 1882. 1882, when it goes back to, okay. Mm -hmm. I felt like Boyd Holbrook, who plays the pathologist, John McBride, does a fantastic job of doing the old English And, you know, he's I'm not a Brit, but I thought he did a pretty damn good job. And usually it's the reverse. You always see like the British actors doing an American accent, you know, but he's an American, like an Eastern Kentuckian who (laughs) is doing a British accent and he does it fucking good, man. Like kudos. Uh, Plus, his acting is just really good in this movie. I like him as an actor in general. He's really intense and someone you can kind of root for, too. But The children in this movie were actually pretty good, too, I thought. You know, like, everybody's really doing a pretty good job of this period. 
the writing really digs into the characters, including the kids, which I thought was really good and well executed because they do some things in this story that most movies don't show you. They show you in this movie. And I think that's what really kind of pushes me into the, okay, I like this because it's like bloody and gory on top of being a period piece. It's not trying to be classy for the sake of classy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not show you those things. It shows you all of it. And it's fucking graphic. The writing, I, I, but the writing I really like. The characters are all really good. The direction was great. Cinematography, director of photography, like the shadows and everything that they used in this movie. It's, it's a well done production. Like you can tell that it was shot very well. This isn't the tensest movie I've ever seen, but it seeped into me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There is some jump scares in the film, but I think that they're kind of. There are few. There's not like a whole ton. It's not like, you know, the mainstream movies that just blah, 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 like that. They really kind of seep into you. And the the way that the movie is, it really kind of, it does a really good job of balancing it all out there. The, The story isn't some tricky story, but they do some different things with it where the beginning of the movie is explaining like the, the girth of the movie, the, the lion's share, I'll just say instead of girth. is actually about what happened before the beginning of the movie. So it's a little confusing for some people. And a lot of people were kind of mixed on that, including Christina. I think I was, I have it written down. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. And part of the reason why is, and I think this is why, and I'll explain better in more detail, but the original title for the movie was called eight for silver. Okay. Makes sense. And I think that kind of explains it a little bit more as to why the movie does what it does so differently, but you'll get it once we get into the spoiler section. I just, I don't know. I just really like this film and they didn't hide anything for taste. They just showed us to us like a super raw period piece that I loved. It just makes for like a really hardened tale. That's tough enough to chew on today's viewer, but legit enough to make those who haven't been back in those times feel like they're being represented in those times because everything had this real nice look to it and lanterns and like nighttime and the way that they did it with the lanterns it was just really good um now if i had to be picky i could say that some of the cgi on the creatures uh, because they did add some sheen mm-hmm. to it that right. you can tell unfortunately because it was a little shoddy in some moments. There's some other CGI that they use on outside of the creature. And and that's, you know, it, it's understandable why they used it. But there are a lot of practical effects in this movie. And they actually created the beast with practical and then just put stuff on top of it to kind of give it a different look. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, I'll explain more in the, in the, the spoiler section, but I just want people to know that they do have practical in this film and it is severely graphic. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just, I was like, holy shit. That's some fucking like the gore in this is pretty fucking and good. And you had to like watch it. You couldn't like look away or you would miss shit. Oh yeah. There the was some, parts. there were some really cool scenes. I thought that just popped up that I don't, Like, I don't want to just call him a jump scare because it built. Mm -hmm. It built more than just surprising you. You know what I mean? It was a little faster paced build than the slow, but they had a little mixture of both. So Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure people understand that going in, that this isn't a jump scare fest. 
it's like a serious drama with real action so that you know the creatures move around a lot and they they had to make it look a certain way to kind of give it that creep factor because what they do in this film with the creature or creatures i'm not going to say which is pretty interesting and new and i thought that was excellent it is unsettling like mm-hmm. some of the scenes that are in this movie would scare a child bad like really bad i would if i would have seen this as a child i would have been fucking petrified like mm-hmm. seriously like because even just thinking about how they did it there was some scenes where they you know it's like behind the camera and in front of the camera so it's a little mixture of both but i think they did it tastefully well some people didn't like that i didn't mind it it's just I don't know. This exceeded everything that I expected this movie. I was not excited to see this movie. Right. I was just like, oh, God. you hate this historical well, horror. Well, it's not It's not that stuff. I hate it. I'm just not fond of it because it's done so schlocky. Most of the time, I don't like it. And these, this looks horrifying. Like, it's fucking horrifying. Despite some of the shoddy CGI, it's hard not to score this thing too high for me. Like, I would possibly give this an 8.5 or a 9 even. And it could be higher on other people's. Like, it could be a 10 for some people. Like, that's how good it was. Like, the story's not so intricate. It's pretty, you know, straightforward for the most part, minus the beginning, which they kind of go back to at the end, which I thought was kind of, like, done in an artistic way. I I enjoyed it. I thought it it all made sense, and it was kind of dipping into the lore of this sort of thing that we've seen in other movies, but kind of expanding on it and, and kind of giving us something a little different. But this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's, you know, even if it's, I didn't give it a higher score than I could have, it's still fucking impressive. And I think it deserves everything that it gets. This is one of my favorite movies this year. So, you know, I'm sure it's going to be on a lot of lists, honestly. And if it's not, I mean, fair enough. Christina, what did you think? What was your score? 8.5 or 9. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that I I think that this could be like a 10 out of 10 for some people. Yeah, because I also was pleasantly surprised with this movie. I was very engaged because I really liked the story and how it flowed with, you know, 1882. That was like the Gilded Age. I don't know if that's how it was in Britain. I don't know well, if that yeah. was the same age, but anyway. Um, World War One essentially, before World War no, One. it was 30 years before World yeah, War One. Yeah, that's I. what I'm saying. So that's a long time. That's a long time. And this is before, like, the automobile. So that you they had the carriages with the buggies and shit. Then you have the rich, you know... Plantation owner, but I say that. Yeah, I called him. Uh, I, I kind of got into it when I was taking my notes. <laughs> I know. I was it's so <laughs> like I was like talking in old English style, you know, like in the sum of 1917. <laughs> but yeah, like there's some uh, uh, sort of a uh, nobleman. Right. Aristocrats. Feeling. But like, yeah, like you said before, I did have a problem with the way they did the beginning and they they wrapped it and then the you don't want to say yeah, exactly I won't yeah. say, of course i won't i'm just saying i had a problem with it i didn't get it like she it didn't had, understand where it began to, or end which we'll talk about later but uh, yeah alex had to explain it to me and i still i just didn't like it even after it was explained to me i pay it, attention in other words no i think they could have done a better job with that Okay. That's probably like know. the I, only thing. I don't that, think you need to spoon fed, feed the, 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 the audience. I hate it when they I'm do. I'm not saying spoon fed it. It didn't make any goddamn sense. Okay. 
Like they it did to me immediately. They could have done that better. You can get angry about it if you want. I am gonna get angry. It's because you're not listening Dude, to if me. You saw the fucking daggers in her eyes right now. Anyway, like you said, it was a really excellent cast. Like there was a lot of blood, bloody, gory scenes, and it was scary. Also, the lore was almost hammer horror. Yes, very much so. Minus like the melodramatic, classical cheesiness of it. It mm-hmm. was like this is what hammer horror should be for like this generation. Right, but you it's know? a little more classier actually. But it feels very. I know what you mean because yeah, because it's that lore. This it's is that lore. Even though hammer was considered a little schlocky for the times. It was still more prim and proper than what we get today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I, and I really like the creature. They called it a beast. I won't say what it is, of course, but mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ. So they didn't like. Or allu- creatures. I like what they did with it, too, because they didn't allude to what the beast would be, even though there's like teeth on the, the, uh, the movie poster. Right. It's cool that way. I like it. That's why I'm not telling them. Okay. But you talked about the CGI, which, yeah, you could see. But I was fine with it. It was like, whatever. You know, you Some can't... movies, you can just forgive things like that. Like, yeah. with that movie, Terrified, remember the CGI yeah, was a little ex- shoddy in exactly. that? Exactly. But, yeah, it, it was good enough where it was like, okay, we'll just look past it. It, it wasn't, like, gut-wrenching or anything. Yeah. Um, one of the best movies I've seen this year. And also, it is up for pre-order on Amazon for twelve ninety nine. Whoa. And I will post the link for Blu-ray like, every fucking day for Blu-ray. Yes. On- what about 4K? Did they do it in 4K? No, I just saw Blu-ray. Okay. But I'll. Po- I would love this in 4K because there's some dark scenes. We're probably gonna fucking pre-order oh, it. Oh, we're getting I'll this. Po- I'll post the link. We'll post the link in the episode notes, and I give it a nine out of ten. Really? Yes. Holy shit, Christina! I really. I but you like period pieces. I like, and you know what's awesome is I just finished the Gilded Age on HBO, which I really like that. So this is why you asked me twice what my score was. Because you're like, really? You liked it as much as I did. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because you don't like movies you don't can you think of any, is there any other movie you they you pull like their punches era? a lot of time when they do these old old period pieces but some occasionally do not like the jack the ripper movies were pretty fucking the uh i can't remember which ones we watched but we watched some jack ripper movies yeah. that were pretty violent and mm-hmm. uh i think that's the times were violent you know what right. i mean like people forget that back then you could get away with shit yeah you could not <laughs> only could you get away with shit but people didn't live long anyway so yeah it was like, so it was it was like okay let's move on uh and people did get away with a lot of it so when they're calling the guy a pathologist it's like <laughs> that's why we joked around saying csi fucking 1890 <laughs> it's like when it's like i think it's sleepy hollow when right. de- uh fucking johnny depp. johnny depp was playing the whatever he was mm-hmm. they named him something else but you know right. he was csi dude that's all he was <laughs> right uh but yeah guys totally worth watching 100 percent Please, yes. I give it a shot if you don't like period pieces. I promise you there's some good stuff in there. At the very least, you'll come out watching a movie at, at seven. And if you don't want to pay the twenty dollars, just pre order it. Just wait. <laughs> mm, I, I wouldn't do that personally, but I, I'm not I'm just saying, like, I I I would say that we're going to buy this because we liked it so much. Yeah. Clearly totally. when Christina's like I wasn't expecting you to give it a nine. At all. Yeah, I really liked it. Even though I didn't like the, the, the beginning and end time, like I said, I still liked it. Okay, we'll get into that. I'll explain it so that people can understand. Um, But yeah, guys, check this film out. Have you seen it? I would love to hear what you think about it. Uh, I would also like to hear from Sarah because Sarah's a huge werewolf 
She is a werewolf, by the way. That's right. Uh, but she, I know, liked the movie, but I wonder if she liked it a lot as much as we did because she was seen a so. lot of them. Mm-hmm. For All me, this was top tier shit. Mm-hmm. At the very creme, like towards the creme. Creme did the creme creme. <laughs> yeah, but I do have some trivia there is some metaphors and things that we're going to be talking about that are in this movie and if you don't want anything spoiled i'd highly recommend you see this movie first before highly please watch the movie however you can whether you go see it in a theater pay 20 dollars, or wait till it comes out on streaming at least put it on your list 12.99 pre-order 12.99 pre-order uh but if you don't want anything spoiled here's your warning so this was actually filmed in france Oh, wow. Cognac, France. Where's that? It's it's a city. <laughs> it's in France. I don't know. What the fuck? Did they really burn? No, it's on the corner of fucking... Uh, <laughs> Eiffel Trumpets? Tower and, and Moulin yeah. Rouge. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't live there. Did they really burn down the house? I don't that, know. That I, didn't get, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get okay. that much information. Sorry. Um, so some of this I pulled from nightmarishconjurings.com. It was an interview they had with the director and writers and Sean Ellis was asked about why he chose a period piece. And he basically said that he felt that if he could nail the times of 1890, then the audience is halfway there, which he thinks he did. But also he said, quote, you don't have the horrible modern day tropes of mobile phones and people tweeting, hey, there's a werewolf in here, or don't go near the werewolves. You got cameras everywhere. Or don't go near the woods, sorry. (laughs) I just saw a werewolf, you know what I mean? So he's like, there's all that stuff to consider if you're setting in a modern time. All that stuff is pretty uncinematic stuff to me. So I, I can see why people choose period pieces for that reason. Right. But if you can come up with some sort of way to dispatch those phones, whether it be the 80s or, you know, like, you know, more modern for me. I like modern horror a lot. Ellis also mentioned that the original The Wolfman from 1941 was written by a Jewish man called Kurt Siodmak as a metaphor for being Jewish during the pre-40s. Which, side note, this movie sort of kicks off like the curse of the werewolf that we watched from Hammer Films. Oh, wow. Did you you remember? Yeah, I remember. Almost identical. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's called Curse of the Werewolf. Huh. But they don't go into, it's a little different because there's Uh gypsies or they call them Romanis. Right, right. Romanis out there because it was Roman. Romania. Romanian. Um, but is you know, gypsy is kind of a like a very stereotypical bad word, essentially. It's not the preferred nomenclature. Well, yeah, nomens, that's what I was going to say. Um, but anyways, Ellis wanted to ask himself what metaphor he would do for this movie. And he said that addiction, saying whether it's the phone, drugs or whatever. I like to think in the film to be a metaphor about addiction and the wolf being a metaphor for the dark, the dark one that whispers in your ear and makes you do things that you don't even want to do. Okay. The gypsies, as I mentioned before in the film, are considered the Romani, which is a preferred name. And he felt like he wanted to make you sympathize with them because oftentimes they are not sympathetic characters in any lore, any books, Mm -hmm. any movies. And he thought it was really interesting. And I loved that angle. Mm -hmm. They really didn't spend a lot of time on them, which I would have loved to see a little bit more because they talk about this event. It happened at Jivanad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, right, where the pathologist comes from and his wife died. Um, maybe they could do a prequel to that. That would be kind of interesting. Be cool. I'd watch that. 
but it would have to be a different character and he wouldn't know that right. it was a werewolf. But anyway, um, he said he felt like he, may, he he wanted you to sympathize with them because of the stereotypes and because no one ever portrays them in a fond manner. And for us, that really worked with today's shit going on. So <laughs> we were like, Christina was like, look, there's white people, dude, white people shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, dude. All colonizing everything. You know what I mean? That's Yeah. And I was, to be honest, like, I think I'm on the gypsy side and I'm on the beast side. Right, because what happens? Well, it's because what happens in the movie is that the Romani live on this land, kind of free, and they travel around it, and they own a large portion of it, and they don't want to sell. So, what does the 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 aristocrat nobleman fucking oligarchs do? Just take it. They just fucking try to scare them because originally they go, the guy's like, oh, you know, the priest like guy was the one that said it too, which was even more like, ooh. Not really, because, you know. Well, I don't know if he was a priest Christian. or not, but he seemed like it. He looked like it. He Whatever. dressed like it. Christians. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no love like Christian hate. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, they go and they basically say that, well, we could just scare them. That's usually enough. But, of course, they didn't just scare them. They're, like, killing off all the men and then fucking brutally murdering the women and shit. And then taking pictures with the dead bodies. Dude, they were taking fucking selfies with the bodies. Before there was even selfies. Right. And you you see later on, too, they they kept the pictures, like, in a frame. Right, which is fucked up. Disgusting. But it shows you just how, you know. Right. It makes you think of out here, you know, and Mm -hmm. this isn't, you know. It's not our land. Yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, Alice went on to further say that he, you know, he believes a lot of the rules around the world and conflicts are literally to do with land and religion or land dressed up as religion. So he's kind of on board for how how it pretty much is, I would say. You know what I mean? Uh, Alice also talked about how the werewolves looked and why he chose them to look that way and why they added the CGI to it in some cases mm-hmm. or in most cases. He said, I just thought, what if they don't, they don't change into a wolf? Like, what if like your addiction, you become a prison to them? And he went on to say, oh, I see. You know, so he was this is what is the idea he was toying with, mm-hmm. because at first I was like, oh, my God, are they even like werewolves? You know, because mm-hmm. you see the skin. And I was just like, what the fuck is that? It's like stretched skin. Oh, my God. Could they be aliens? Right. It almost looked like some fucking extra shit. Yeah. Yeah, it totally could have been. You know what I mean? That yeah. thing that's like climbing across the ground, like in the car almost hits it. And they're, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking in about? In the carriage. You yeah, mean? where they have the elbows backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not a carriage. I'm talking about the extra. Oh, that's right. That creature, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Extra. Sorry, I thought you meant this movie. She wants to get a carriage now, guys. <laughs> I was some horsies. Yeah, she's addicted to this movie. Uh, <laughs> we got sconces on the way. I'm just kidding. But the, the concept, he said, quote, when the concept came about, that's when I got really excited and said, I think we have a new way into this. I think this is a fresh approach. Designing something that is wolf-like, that walks on all four legs, and is big enough to carry someone. I think at one point I mentioned a cross between a wolf with a shark. Give me a wolf shark, he said. And then John Christophe Spadi- Spadaccini, Spadaccini kind of sculpted the concept art. And he said, we kind of had the animatronic beast on for that. But then when we looked at it, at the cut, 
I was like, ooh, it looked kind of wooden, and I couldn't quite get a sense of it being coiled and ready to attack. And so I had another concept artist come on board and rework the design a little bit further with those designs. They were given to TGV, the CGI company, and they started to apply those changes onto the footage that we had. That was kind of exciting when you start to see it come to life. Now, they did use a real animatronic beast, though, just so you guys know. You can kind of tell. They just made the skin look a little bit more... Right. They wanted it because, like, they did those scenes where it's like peeking around corners. That shit was fucking haunting. Mm-hmm. With its legs and stuff. Yeah, just like it looking with like one eye, mm-hmm. and I was like, a, like a leopard would almost. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was some fucking fucked up shit. But yeah, basically, they 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 wanted to work up the skin and make it look a little bit more creepy, and I think it worked for the most part. But yeah, you can see some of the CGI moving around a little bit in some of the faster scenes. Mm-hmm. It's some of the blood, too. Oh, was it? Yeah, I could tell some of the blood, but, you know, whatever. Um, the lead guy, who uh, Boyd Holbrook, who plays the the pathologist, by the way. Big bride. Yeah, he had to take voice coaching for this. So he, he did it for like a month, I guess. Oh, wow. He did pretty good. He said he would go home and his wife loved it when he would <laughs> talk all British to them. And one of the guys that was interviewing was like, my wife's British. And she fucking said, you did an amazing job. Oh, so. wow. I guess, you know, we do have that representation a little bit there, you know. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, he said it took him a month to do, and he really liked doing it. He's Eastern Kentuckian. He's like Haley. <laughs> so, but, yeah, that's pretty much it for the uh, trivia and stuff. We do have some scenes that I kind of want to talk about. But with new movies, I kind of like to, you know, only mention the big ones. I don't want to go over the whole fucking movie like mm-hmm. we do with, like, the old films and stuff like that. Let's talk about the things that we did or did not like. Do you want to talk about the, the intro movie? Yeah, so the intro, it opened up to, like, World War One, and, they, like, a bunch of people were getting mustard gas, so they were, like, wearing masks and stuff. They showed you know, burning the, the fucking... Flesh and... No, it burned the coat. It didn't burn his flesh. Oh, yeah, burned the coat. And stuff, and then the, a guy got shot, so he was thrown on an operating table, and the doctor went in and he pulled out like two bullets, and then all of a sudden he pulls out this huge silver bullet. Right, he's like, then, "That's not a fucking regular German weapon." And the guy on the the table says, eight for silver." And when we say German, it's you know World War One had everybody. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and it was your it was Europe. Yeah, so it, you exactly, know. and it was of course during the German time that they were fighting against uh the british right the british so. but he said eight for silver which we had to put on the subtitles because like he the accent was so thick we we're like what the fuck did he just right i was like i we did put on the subtitles right but then we you know you get used to it after a while and then it jumps to earlier to the 35 years earlier this is where you got confused and you didn't understand because by the end of the movie, they wrap it up and right. you find out where this silver bullet came from. And that's the whole point of the story is really is just to say, hey, this guy was actually a werewolf, but he was held back from being a werewolf because the silver stayed inside his skin. But then in my head, I'm like, well, they pulled the bullet out. So wouldn't he transform? Well, he died before... I don't know. Maybe. See, that's bullshit. He, w- he wouldn't have died. He would have turned... Maybe matter. he still could come back. Yeah, that's what that's what pissed me off. Why? <laughs> Why does it matter? I thought it was an interesting story that way. I thought it was it was better it just, than just doing a movie like regularly straightforward, giving it just a little something extra. I thought that was neat. I thought I, I thought like I liked how it crossed 35 years. And I do understand that and honestly now that I think about it, they also in the end 
they fast forward to McBride dying and the sister being there, like that kind of stuff. Which also, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right. <laughs> like, well, you know what I think of it as? <laughs> so in Pulp Fiction, there's a part with fucking wow. What's his name? John Travolta. No, needs more cowbell. Oh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken is telling Bruce Willis as a kid where that watch came from. Oh, I haven't seen that. And they're talking about, he tells them the story about how his father had to hide it in his ass and then the other, and his grandfather hid it in his ass in war and that this pocket watch has been, or this watch has been passed on but from ass to ass. It's this long, really crazy, funny story. And I kind of think of it that way. It's like, hey, you know where this fucking watch what? comes from? <laughs> that made no fucking what? Yeah, the silver bullet. Where does that come from? Well, this is the story <laughs> of that. This is the crazy story about this one thing. Like this watch being put up your ass. <laughs> really, Christina, you can't make the fucking ju- jump to that. Really? Sorry. Okay, Friday the Thirteenth, the TV show, <laughs> has nothing but articles of fucking haunted items. There's a story behind each and every one of those items. You can't make the leap of logic okay, from that. that. I understand. But you love the conjuring and you can't figure out what I'm talking about. Why I just, you? I don't know. It's just, it. I just didn't get it. Like, that's all. I, just I don't know how it. hard it is to understand. It's so simple. It's like this whole thing was about this fucking bullet, but it really wasn't bullet. It was teeth and then they melted down. I think it's perfectly the fine the way that it is. So lodging the thing and it was all... A misunderstanding anyway. What you don't understand is that why they didn't spend more time in the future with whatever was going on. That was not the important part. You're right. The important part was that this eighth, which the name of the movie originally was eight for silver. Right. Which he said. So they're saying eight dollars for silver. Okay. Oh, it wasn't eight bullets. So yeah, he did make eight bullets for silver. So you're right. Yeah. But eight for silver is the story of the eight bullets, not what happened. It's the story of the bullets. How they were made and why it ended up in his body. And there's also a Bible story in there that they keep trying to pull it to about Judas. Oh, yeah. He paid some shit. Right. I remember that. I don't remember the exact story because I'm not a big Bible freak or anything. It was in Ezekiel or something. I don't know. I was like, well, no, Ezekiel was the story they were talking about using silver because of the beast, because of the werewolf. Getting paid. The kid. That's right. Okay. Speaking of kids. Yes. They kill some kids in this movie, and I fucking loved it. Hell yeah. (laughs) Let your imagination go wild, whatever you want. Sacrifice that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're above showing the nasty stuff. No, that's fucking horrifying to me. Seeing children who are generally off bounds being killed is scary shit. Mm -hmm. And they're just as susceptible, if not more, than humans, like regular adults. You know? So I love that they did that in this movie. I thought it was great. That scene with the kid where he's in the grass, the tall grass, and you see something running through the grass. Right. And then he just, in a blink, you see something go by him. You hear kind of like a rock, like that, and a uh-huh. snap, and his fucking arm is hanging. And I was like, holy shit. Right. Like the, It happened so fast that the kid didn't even realize that he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking amazing. I think a part that pissed me off who got possessed and turned 
um, was the maid. That kind of, I'm like, really, come on. She hid it pretty well. Oh, yeah, she did a really good job. They she did a good like, job of explaining it but, away, I like, think. Like, that kind of shit just, it makes me sad. You know, it's like, here she is. How are they going to polish she, the silver? She's, she's been hurt, and she can't show it, you know, and then... It just sucks that she got attacked and now she has to kill the guy, you know, because she got attacked. You're not, uh, you're not, me, you're not reaching me, me here at it all. It made me sad. Because, <laughs> you know, it shouldn't be the, the help. It shouldn't be the workers. Who you know? cares? They're the in it. They're more innocent than the children. I, I just, think. I like that they added more people that got changed. Yeah, like, you're right. And, and the father the who was ultimately wrong about everything and who was also a piece of shit trying to act better than everybody after he uh, proved them going to kill off the fucking gypsies and then him succumbing to a fucking wound from was it his no it was from the maid the maid yeah because we thought it was the son at first and then well you can't tell because they're all skinless or they're all hairless i should say hairless pups (laughs) what about the way okay so when then he set himself on fire which i thought was really cool yeah that was really cool that i liked how they added that in but i would assume like the only way that you can kill a werewolf is by stuffing dynamite down their pants and then pushing them out a window you know what I mean? Just like they did in Monster Squad. Oh. <laughs> Which they preface in the movie of that, by the way, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you else do you kill a werewolf? I don't know. Strap dynamite to him, push him out a window. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, but yeah, like I I I, I don't the lore isn't exactly the most it it's an it's an interesting thing, but maybe those things come back. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not as strict as we thought it was, and the rules right. aren't as strict as, you know, in this universe as they are in some other fucking story. Exactly. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. maybe it's trying to be a little bit more realistic, because he did say that he didn't want these things to look like wolves, like hairy wolves, mm-hmm. and that they wouldn't, you know, maybe they wouldn't transform, because it is ultimately a sort of a metaphor in some way. Mm-hmm. And that wrote the story itself, that was what he went on to say by the way i like gypsy revenge and i like how the gypsies would get in people's dreams and usually dream sequences piss me off and like the first one that they showed i was like come on really but then i got really into it and i really loved the way and how creepy that scarecrow looked dude that That was was pretty fucking and that was practical it kind of reminded me of a cheaper version of uh scary stories to tell in dark yeah, I could see that. Like, it is, the face was really creepy. The way it moved and the way that they killed the guy was even more atrocious. Like, how they chopped off his hands his, and feet. And then put a, a straw. In the ends. Yeah. yeah. They hung sleeve. him up as a scarecrow. She was like, oh, they're not going to kill him? I'm like, well, he'll die soon anyway, but at least he'll be passed out. And they just let him hang up there. And then they buried the other girl alive with the teeth. Right. And that was a really cool scene. Like, dude, I can't believe like she was eating dirt. She was. It was in her eyes. Like they were shoveling dirt in her eyes and stuff. That was they probably, you know, usually how they use the work. Those kind of scenes is they're like they'll push it sometimes, you know, but a lot of times they're going to be asked the comfort level of the actor. And of course, the actors not wanting to. Look, disappoint disappoint yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. tend to go a little further than they probably should sometimes and she seemed like she was taking it like a champ yeah because totally. that dirt was going right in her fucking mouth yeah, up her nose and she oh my god dude. yeah so and this is why you do like gypsy movies because you also like sam raimi's i like drag me to hell drag me a to lot. hell i do like gypsy well and that one's kind of silly 
Yeah. When they get into the car and but they I fight. Don't care. I don't care. Like, it's just, you know, <laughs> I like pu- gypsies. She's like puking all over her hand and shit. <laughs> we need to watch that one again. That was fun. We should watch that one. We that's... need to show the kids. We need to show my nephews that one. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. We yeah. showed the uh, her nephews and I've been showing them movies lately, guys. They did not want to watch Dead Alive. And I was like, fuck you. You're watching it. Now, and, and what did they say when they were done? This is the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. They were. They are on board. I am learning them well. Yes, you are. I'm teaching them. I showed them The Thing. We watched The Blob. The Blob 1988. We, what else did we watch? We watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They, well, not that one this week. I'm talking about the good movies. I'm trying to show them the good horror. I need to show them City of the Living Dead. We, they watched Evil Dead. They did watch Evil Dead. They liked that. I can't remember what else. We We got to show them a few. They love Psycho Goreman. They talk about it all the time. Yeah. They're 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 well on their the way teenage, to be fucking know, serial killer cannibalists. They're teenagers and and um one of my nephews is an actor, so I mean. Oh, that's know. true. Yeah, well, he wants to be. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's just off, off topic. topic. Yeah. Back on topic, though. Um, I don't know. There's just so many great horrific scenes in this there movie. There really is. What did you think about that autopsy scene? I really that was like really that. Good. I lo- they didn't hold back. They didn't keep any secrets. They cut that thing up. First of all, they killed it. They drug it back, which I thought was awesome. They don't do that in movies. That was like the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they cut it open. And they figured out what well, was going on. Well, we knew on. when he was pulling those bullets out in the very beginning because you were like, oh, God. Yeah. It looked so real. It really did. I th- I really like that scene. The gore in this is fantastic. Yeah. Two movies with good gore, too, by the way. Another sad part of the movie was the ending because uh, so they, they shot the kid but in order for them to shoot the kid, they had to go through the mom. So, right. So the bullet hole went through the mom and shot the kid. So the mom is obviously dying, grabs the kid because the kid had been missing this whole time. So and all, you think, oh, they're dying together. How sweet. But no, because the bullets. She they... hugs the fucking werewolf and it bites her neck. Mm-hmm. And then she he shoots her in the back. And, and it needed to be done that way so that it could lodge in him and not go through him. Well, I thought it it could have went through him, though. He didn't know what was going to happen, you know? It didn't, though, yeah. yeah and it was it, so long ago that they didn't have an x-ray or anything or feel around. Right, but any, but um, the, what I thought was sad about it was here's this mom dying. Think, yes, I finally got my kid back. We could die together. We're dying together. And then the, the mom dies, and then the kid, like, gets up, and he's fine. Yeah. You know and then I mean? at the very That's end, fucking sad. you're going to come to live with me now. <laughs> I, I'm the guy that not that led him, your father to death. Him and his Well, sister. actually, it was his own father's hubris that led him to death. Yeah. He was just there to try to clean up the pieces, like he said. Because with he that was, really good line that he said in the movie, which was, you know, I, I used to think that I was here to try to solve my, my, my children's death, but now I realize I'm just here to clean up the pieces of everybody else's mess. Right. The evil person. He's is, like the Van Helsing. Is the white man who who unleashed the curse yeah yeah which wouldn't a lot of people theorize is where werewolves come from anyway right they weren't born that way they were just like it was like a curse it's a curse yeah so because it doesn't make sense really like unless you're fucking dogs and then, mm-hmm. and we all know that don't work <laughs> god knows we've tried oh my god that's, <laughs> that's like not even funny otherwise we'd have a lot of fucking cheap people and fucking oh wait Sorry. actually I'm not going to go there. <laughs> we do have another movie, though, and uh, we're going to talk about. That is the Foo Fighters movie called Studio 
666. So, this came out this year. It's legendary rock band Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. And this time, they're going metal. Just a pretty good album. Yeah, the runtime on this is pretty long, though. <laughs> yeah. Hour and 46 minutes seems a little bit long for this, but I guess there was a lot of material, so... The movie was directed by B.J. McDonald, who has directed a few Slayer music videos, like four or five. He's done Exodus, and he also directed Hatchet 3. We got writers Dave Grohl. This is a story that he came up with. We'll explain more. He basically was living in this house 10 years prior, the same house that's in the movie. He had recorded an album there, and then the guy actually who wanted to sell the place, who owned it, the landlord, wrote him and said, hey, do you want to fucking buy the place? And he was like, nah, 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 but can we rent it from you because I want to write another album? So they did, and then while they were there writing that album, an EP that they wrote, they actually ended up writing, this coming up movie. with this story, mm -hmm. this idea where Dave Grohl goes around and kills all the bandmates to go solo, to do his solo album. <laughs> and he gets possessed, so... Uh, but Jeff Bueller helped on the screenplay to kind of make it turn it into something more cohesive than just, hey, Dave Grohl kills everybody and turns goes to the solo album, whatever. He was actually responsible for the Night Flyers, the remake show. That was that's I don't know if it's still running or not, but we start. I think I started to watch it, but I, it's a little different. They have the he also wrote for the Midnight Meat Train, the Prodigy, Pet Cemetery remake. In fact, he's working on an untitled. Pet Cemetery project? Oh, Pet Cemetery 2. I'm assuming it is. I'm assuming it is, and I think that one might be really fun. Because that one's so. the one that I think people were going to be a little less particular about, and they can have a little bit more fun with. I hope so. Because Gus was great in that movie, and I hope they pick someone really good to do that role, because it's going to be fucking watching, great watching someone go on a leash. But what do you guys think? Pet Cemetery 2 or something new? But he's got three more movies in post-production right now, too, like Down Satan, Black River, which he's also directing, and Be My Eyes. This was also written by Rebecca Hughes, who helped on the screenplay, and she wrote about eight episodes for the Cracking Up TV show and an episode of Grounded for Life. So obviously she was brought in for the comedic elements. Uh, some of the cast, obviously the Foo Fighters as themselves. You got Dave Grohl, Nate Mendel, Pat Smear from the Germs and Nirvana, Taylor Hawkins, rest in peace, Ramey Jaffe, who plays the keyboardist, and Chris Shiflet. I think it's Shiflet or Shiflet. I think it is how you're supposed to say it. I don't know. But we also have comedic actors that are in this movie that were also in stand-up comedy like Whitney Cummings. She plays Samantha, the neighbor. She was in the show Whitney that was aired for a couple of seasons or whatever that she wrote and directed with Chris D'Elia, sort of one of those, you know, real life comedian things where they kind of mock their own lives and it's like serious and funny. Mm -hmm. uh, but Chris D'Elia was in it as her significant other. You also have, she's a comedian, writer, actress. She was in Two Broke Girls as well as Good People, a TV movie. You got comedian Jeff Garland. He was in. A, he plays the executive that the record label runs. He's done stand-up, all-around comedic actor, director, writer. He was Cyclops in Austin Powers 3. <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm movie he was in. Crank Yankers. He directed Handsome, the Netflix mystery movie, and Dealing with Idiots. We also have Carrie King, 
who plays Krug. Krug! <laughs> uh, he was in Slayer, Megadeth, and he even helped with Beastie Boys. Oh, he's the roadie, okay. Yeah, he was, that's a huge star, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and he did actually pretty good in the movie. Yeah, he really did. I thought it was, like, actually probably one of their, yeah. their hand man, you know? Well, they changed the name, and I was like, is that? <laughs> and they called him Krug, and I'm like, why would they call him Krug, though, if this is, like, the Foo Fighters' real life? Anyway, so there's other people in this movie, like Will Forte. He plays a delivery guy in this movie, which is pretty funny. He was in The Last Man on Earth, MacGruber 1 and 2, Good Boys, Extraordinary, Tim and Eric, Great Fall, Gravity Falls, and a hell of a lot more. Dude, Will Forte, this character in this is like classic Will Forte, like yeah. talking he, to himself. Bumbling idiot, yeah. yeah. And there's other people that are in the movie that I'm not going to spoil for you because there's some really funny stuff in this that I loved and I can't wait to talk about it in the spoiler section because one of my favorite parts in this movie had me cracking up watching it a third time <laughs> so uh, the intro theme song was actually done by John Carpenter himself and he even cameos in the film as well right. so as an engineer right which is pretty great uh, he doesn't his part isn't great but it's just nice to see him in it yeah I'm sure they just put him in there because it's fucking John Carpenter the story know? on how they got that to happen Ooh. is even better so I'll tell okay, you guys good. about that when we do but Christina what are your thoughts on this movie well I wasn't expecting much but it was a whole hell of a lot of fun okay I mean I got a lot to say so you better pad that shit up okay hold on uh, I was surprised by the decent acting okay uh it's about what I expected because, you know, they're not actors, you know, the, right. I mean, you know, they're performers, they're entertainers, yeah. but, but, you know, usually, so it was about, it was better than I expected them to be. Um, the story wasn't like original, but they, they had to do a story like this. There's elements in it that are original though. Yeah. That, that I really like. That's true. But I'm just talking about like the main point of reference. Sure. But I mean, what else were they supposed to do? Right. If it's a typical any, fucking horror if, metal fucking if movie. If they would have done anything else, like it would have been horrible. I D think. They didn't play a record backwards, but you know, it's yeah, pretty they much. Did. did they? Yeah. Remember when he was in the basement and it played? Oh, and remember? then they played backwards. And then it played backwards uh, and then he got possessed. God damn it. There you go. Um, yes, the creatures in this were fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a I mix really of, like, like, practical and CGI. And all of the kills, like, all of the kills, hilarious. Hilarious. And the special effects were okay. The music was really good. Even, like, the non-Foo Fighter music, you could tell was John Carpenter background music, you know? Yeah, it was, was all exceptional. Yeah, the jokes weren't too bad. I mean, there were a lot of dick jokes <laughs> in the beginning, but, right. I mean... I'll overlook it just because, you know, it is a comedy and I give it an eight out of 10. I enjoyed it. Really? Yes. Eight out of 10. Wow. Even though now I'm like sad about it, but I'm glad. Yeah. Saw it. I wasn't like, you know, maybe I should probably explain what I think about it. I kind of did in the beginning, but I just want to let you guys know a little about what I think about the Foo Fighters because I think it's, it's in context to give you guys an idea that you know that I'm not just some fanboy talking about this, you know? Right. Because there's been a lot of like, I don't know. Some fucking gatekeeping going on with this whole movie and the album and shit like that. And I, really? I, it, yeah, it's yeah, dumb. Whatever. I'm not going to get into it so much, but I just want you to know what I think of them. I I have a story that I'm going to tell you, and I'm also going to tell you what I think of like Dave Grohl in general. So it's my podcast. I'll get to do what I want. <laughs> it's not that long, but it's, it's it's there's some meaningful things and then not so meaningful. I was a huge fan of Nirvana. Huge. Like, I had pictures of Nirvana all over my fucking wall. We were 
were teenagers. We didn't know any better. Right. I wanted to play guitar because their songs were simple enough to play. And melody. And melody. And I wanted to, and I, and it, it is what made me, it is what pushed me further to become someone who writes music. I had always sung. I was in like chorus and church and like did all county chorus and all this other stuff, but I never played an instrument. And then I played alto sax, guitar, and it just like kind of went on from there. But Nirvana died, of course, because Kurt Cobain was Nirvana, essentially. But, you know, Dave Grohl was a big part of that. And when Nirvana was gone, I was really depressed about it. You know, that was like that was my medicine. You know what I mean? For the times, because, you know, that's who we were back then. And my brother decided to surprise me and bought me Foo Fighters tickets and didn't tell me where we were going. And we drove all the way there. He was like, here you go. And gave me an envelope. And he was like, I wish it was Nirvana, but I figured this was close enough. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, are you serious? So we went and surprisingly, I liked some of their music. I It was their first album. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was a good album. it was a good album. I mean, it's, it wasn't what I liked particularly, although, you know, like Dave Grohl did that song called Marigold mm-hmm. on Nirvana. She said, right. we know you don't have to sing it. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it was Dave Grohl singing and. He wrote the song and it was really soft. It was very different than anything Nirvana did. But, uh, you know, it was just something. It was like the precursor to what Foo Fighters were to become. And despite all that, I was never really a big Foo Fighters fan. You know, even though I had that magic moment with my brother and everything like that. And I love Nirvana. I think I've always just been a fan of Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's just a cool dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I think they write good music. And if I were to listen to it, it wouldn't be like torture or anything right, by any exactly. means. It's good music. I think that this movie is in. I just want to let you guys know that story because a lot of people are saying that you have to be a Foo Fighters fan. I don't know. And I'm like, no, 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 no you don't. If you're a fan of, of of Tenacious D even, you get some of the similar writing in there as their kind of antics and weird shit. Shit was funny. It's not as amped up as like Jack Black, but it is gorier than fuck. Like we're talking seriously overloaded, insane gore. <laughs> like I was not expecting it. It's like this idea of this movie spawned into a movie so quick that everybody wanted to throw money at it. And they had way more money than they needed. (laughs) So they really could do anything they wanted. And original idea was just to do a really low budget fucking horror movie. And they were going to do a short and turn into a fucking movie. Mm -hmm. So because everybody was involved. So um, obviously the people in the movie can't act, you know, 100 percent. They're not actors like Christina said. Um, Surprisingly, Dave Grohl was not the worst. Right. And Rami uh, Jaffe was actually yeah. really good in the movie, really too. Good. Plus, you got the comedic actors that are in there to kind of keep it balanced and everything like that. Pat Smear has his funny moments, but, you know, he's kind of he's kind of awkward. He's the he's the he's the weird guy that's always doing something weird. So they put him in those spots, you know. <laughs> And everybody else, you know, they're just kind of, you know, being themselves, you know, which isn't that they're not entertaining. It's just they're not actors. So they don't feel like they need to spice up their life. You know what I mean? But it kind of feels like a Paganini story where, you know, like. Yeah, totally. Paganini was like the guy. Like, remember when we watched Paganini's Horror Horror, uh and fucking what's his name from that movie from Halloween? Donald Pleasance is like the devil and he's like selling 
He finds this the song, this uncompleted song. Yeah, the violin that song. someone's like needs a muse to to like use in their music, mm-hmm. and they gives it to them for the price of their soul. And then you know that all you know ha- all this shit happens. Everybody starts dying and all this other shit, mm-hmm. which is very similar. So Dave makes a deal with the devil, taking a band song and finishing it in exchange for him killing everybody off and going solo and his soul being taken. So it's silly. Obviously, (laughs) you know, you're going to have some funny stuff in there and there's going to be some not so funny stuff in there. But Mm -hmm. it's not overdoing it. Like, I thought it was going to be like too much. They do try to stuff in a joke, a lot of jokes in there, but they're not looking for the laugh out loud ones all the time or just quantity over quality. It's kind of like a mix of between not so good and good. Mm -hmm. But the visuals in this are fucking awesome. Like, there is some straight up music video quality fucking visuals in this which i kind of like right i think that's an aesthetic that a lot of directors like panos cosmatos and uh all these other people like the people who, uh, uh what's his name uh that did color out of space and hardware hardware uh you know they all come from music videos and like and there's something to be said about that because of the way you light it and the way that things are done mm-hmm. it's just kind of cool looking and they they kind of did the same thing here, which I, I really liked. Then add in a fuck ton of gore. Some scenes that are homages to other movies. There's a lot of that going on in the beginning first half. And then it transitions into their own kills, into their own thing. But there's a lot of nods. And I don't know whose idea that was. I would assume maybe the director or the writer, BJ McDonald or Jeff Bueller. But they do add in a lot of like quite a quite a cool nods to horror fans in there so that mm-hmm. you can remember scenes that you might have seen in The Burning or The Exorcist or, you know, mm-hmm. some like Evil Dead's in there. There's like a ton of stuff in this movie that is just homages. But then they go in their own direction, which I really like. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Is it the best movie I've ever seen? No. <laughs> is it a hell of a lot of fun? Yes. yes. I like and love this movie in the same bit. So I might not be as an eight, but I will be at about a 7.5 for this movie. And that's on the higher end for me because I think how I feel about Dave Grohl and just the fact that they were able to get this crazy idea off the ground. People like Carpenter involved, Carrie King, and all these other people that just wanted to jump on board and be a part of it. And they literally made this movie in months. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just bam, 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 done. So. You can have some criticisms about it. There are some, and one of them is the movie's too long. It needs to be trimmed down. Yeah, it it is. It was like they had a spider web of ideas. You know, when you go to the storyboarding and you do the spider web and then you like branch off and you're like, well, how do we connect these? And they just did everything. They literally Frank and fucking stitched (laughs) this whole fucking movie together. And it kind of feels, you know, really jostled, quickly thrown together kind of movie. But there's some charm in that. You know what I mean? And that's something that Dave Grohl likes anyway, is he likes the human element in, in his music. Like when they record. He was talking about how he likes when, you know, the, you can hear the fingers touching the strings and stuff like that. He likes the human or like how the tempo might go faster or slower. And it's not exactly like a fucking metronome. He's like, because there's, there's the human element, the feel that makes the music good that you're putting into that. Just like you would an evil song that causes people to get possessed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. There is some definite errors in this and there is some jostled like 
the pacing's all over the fucking place. Yeah, it really is. But the parts that we do get are really cool. Yeah, it's worth it. I think it's more good than not. And I, you know, 7.5. That's not bad. I think that's a fair score. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it's probably like a 7. But it's so graphic and so ridiculous that it's, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to watch it again. If I watch it again, maybe I'll like it even Dude, more. I wouldn't even mind getting the poster because right. I love that that poster with all of them on it. It's really cool looking well, poster. They wanted to do the whole 80s style. And but... I love how it intertwines with the album because you did get me listening to the right. album. I haven't finished it, which is pretty good. Guys, and... they made a fucking eight song album for the movie. <laughs> eight songs guys it's on the record called dream widow which is the band that they're borrowing the music from in the movie and it's like that's just in that itself alone is causing like metal fans to fight Controversy. over yeah like whether or not it's album of the year or something you know what i mean so it's it's actually pretty good well i liked it too because in the movie i'm not spoiling anything because the album cover and then like in the movie they explained like the actual album cover right it, i love that I that was cool yeah, yeah that is cool and, and you know what? It's actually, I, I like the music in it, and I love fucking Carpenter's score in it. Yeah. It's got this, like, exorcist meets, like, fucking in the mouth of madness sort of feel to it with the guitars mm -hmm. and, like, maybe, you know, Wes Craven's shocker a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, like, it has, like, this weird kind of blend of stuff that almost sounds Italian in some regards, like a, pro a prog rock sort of song, but it's cool. Like, I really dug it. It's very different. It's not Halloween-y or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, they, they play it at the beginning and then they play it somewhere in the middle. Right. When they're like running through the... Right. Outside of the house or something. Something I really liked in the movie that they do a lot is they bring in the music. Like, you'll be listening it on a device and then it'll slowly blend into how it sounds in your ears mm -hmm. rather than on the device. And they do that a couple of times in the movie. So it's almost like it's seeping into you. And I thought that was like a really possessing you. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Like, I really like how they did that. They didn't do it real fast. It was like mm -hmm. so. But there's a lot to like and a lot to not like. Plenty of compliments and criticisms could be had of this movie. <laughs> I mean, some people are going to hate it and some people are going to love it. It's just the way it is. Wow. These music, some, you know, music people, metal people. I mean. I don't you know. know. I mean, some well, people just like any some people just hate fucking Dave Grohl for some reason, and I don't understand it because, because he's famous. He's a good dude. Like I don't, I like I don't care. He's not trying to be a metal guy. He's not trying to be anybody. He's trying to make music. Yeah, he's trying to make music he's just because he loves to make it. Music, right? Like, he wants to be creative in right. general. That's what I like about him. Me too. He's an entertaining guy. So, but anyway. That's all we had to say about that. We're going to get into our spoiler section, talk about some of the, the stuff I found out about it, and, uh, and then we'll get into some of the scenes, and then we'll wrap this bitch up with a fucking good gory bow because it's two gory movies for this episode, which mm -hmm. is great. But yeah, if you don't want anything spoiled, it's out for rent for $20 or it's coming out soon. You could probably wait and just rent it for 6 bucks in like a couple of weeks. <laughs> we just couldn't wait. Any longer. Yeah. So, but if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So, as I mentioned, the house that they had done the, you know, the the whole movie in, they did album in there, technically two albums in there, if you think about it. Right. Because Dave was living there 10 years prior in that house when he was moving to another house and wrote another album in there. And then they wrote an album before they did the movie. And then they wrote this album. So, technically, it's almost like three. <laughs> Dave's a huge horror fan. He's always been a horror fan for 
as long as he knows. He's a little bit more on the classical end. As you guys may or no, may or not know, before he was in Nirvana, he was in DC Scream, which is a popular band out there in DC. Oh, DC. And what notorious fucking movie was filmed in DC or in Georgetown, rather? The Exorcist. Yes, and he used to party and drink at those stairs right by the <laughs> gas station. Uh-huh. When he was a kid. That's funny. So he said Exorcist is not only his favorite horror film, but his favorite film ever made. Makes sense. The story on John Carpenter, which is a really fascinating one. Dave Grohl's lighting designer, who he toured with all the time, also toured with John Carpenter as his oh, lighting designer. they were touring. Yes. And when Dave Grohl was like, hey, guys, check it out. We're going to make a horror movie. And he was telling all the lighting, all the like people that work for him to set up the stage and everything. Mm-hmm. And his his lighting designer said, oh, you should. I know John Carpenter. You should ask him to be in your movie and cameo in the movie. You should call him and tell him to be in your movie. And he was like, really? <laughs> so he wrote him. Oh, wow. And Carpenter wrote him back an email and said, you took my son's band on the road 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Cody Carpenter's band, who uh-huh. he tours with now. John Carpenter and John Carpenter's band. Right. He They write music together now. Right. So when you hear the music that you hear of John Carpenter's band, it's, it's both of them. Yeah. It's both of them. And Cody's an amazing producer, by the way, guys. Uh-huh. But yeah, he said, you took my kid on the road with his band 15 years ago. And he said that you. he's like, you guys treated them so well. Not only will I do a cameo in your movie, but I'll write the title score for you. Oh, wow. And Dave was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yes. Like, he's like, how much gold can we hit by striking an accident to the ground once? <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was really fucking cool. That's just That's nuts. Cool. How weird, right? Like, can uh, they- Well, it's not that weird because, I mean, it's like Hollywood, L.A., like... I don't, you know, uh, yeah, but John Carpenter's not very Hollywood. Small world. Though. He does not like no, Hollywood. But I'm not saying it's like working world. It's Hollywood right. working world. It's not, you know, celebrity. It's working people. These are working people. Yeah, it's cool that they went on tour with him, I guess. Like for like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's a really cool story. Dave also was saying that he, uh, the idea for Studio 666, of course, he was saying that when he was, um, when they were like coming up, when they were starting to write the script, because they had like, it went from Dave Grohl saying, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we did this movie about me, like killing all the band members and everything like that? Which, by the way, he kills all the band members in the reverse order of when they joined the band. Nice. So the last person is the first person that joined the band, which was Taylor. Oh, that's right. Okay. So wasn't it Taylor or was it? No, because no, Pat Smear and the other guy were the last ones. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Pat and Nate. Yep. Uh, but anyway, it's pretty interesting. Uh, they said that, that while they were coming up with the script and they had the idea of this being this metal opus and then once completed, they would release the demon in the house. Grohl told Variety that uh, ahead of the film, he said, oh, fuck, I've got a million riffs I could write. So he started recording like 13 or 14 minute long instrumental just by himself. <laughs> He's like, that's very metal. <laughs> and it's meant to be from the the fictional band Dream Widow. Then I further I, that idea by making a whole record, which turned into you know eight tracks: some thrash metal, some sort of Black Sabbath sounding, some Slayer esque stuff, but a lot of older school mixed with alternative, kind of the pre nineties like style metal almost in some some regards. Mm-hmm. 
which is a little more poppy popular, you know. Dave actually has done other metal stuff, though. I mean, DC Scream was pretty heavy, mm-hmm. but Grohl also had a, a 2006 project called Probot, if you guys remember that, which it's an album where he had instrumentals featuring various metal singers, including Lemmy of Motorhead, Kim Thale of Soundgarden, and Kronos of Venom. Oh. So he had a bunch of that gone there just to do something different. And in an interview... Jake, but this guy named Jake takes, he did an interview. It was pretty fun. And the band was asked if they would do another movie. And they said in a pretty serious tone, like I didn't take this as a joke, although they are just nonstop jokes. So they said that they would love to do a Gilligan's Island remake. (laughs) And and they were talking about how each of them would be different characters. (laughs) Did you know, uh, Taylor Hawkins, Mm -hmm. he had just joined, a band with uh, Dave Navarro. I forgot what it, it was called, but they said it was going to be Yacht Goth. Yacht Goth. Yacht Goth music. Yacht Goth really? music. Really? Yeah, so I was like, oh, that, that sucks. Oh, sucks, dude. Sucks. Well, on a lighter note, they, they went into further detail of other ideas that they had. A uh, They said that they were going to do a music video once for Deliverance. They were going to do a... <laughs> Yeah. The movie? Like, <laughs> well, if you've ever seen any other music videos, they're all kind of silly. Oh, yeah, totally. They like that's kind of expected of the Foo Fighters. So, like, the, right. one thing Dave Grohl said in all his interviews was, We're really the only band that would have done something as stupid as this, mm-hmm. other than, you know, Tenacious D. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which they do very similar things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, they're going to talk to the devil to make a deal and become famous, you know what I mean? And those are the only two bands that really, other than, you know, you got a few concept albums that do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Deliverance would have been a funny one. He said, we scrapped that, though, because it was just too much. <laughs> <laughs> Squeal Boy. <laughs> like, how do you put that in the film, you know, Ned Ned Beatty? <laughs> Taylor uh, Hawkins admitted on several talk show appearances that he was, like, did not want to memorize the script. And it, yeah. it was very, like, he was like, this felt like work. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> So most of the lines that they're saying in the movie, guys, they had like 25 takes. Oh, no. Yeah. He said, you know, once you get about 25 takes in, you realize how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So none of them really practice, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But it still came out pretty decent. You know what I mean? It's it's bad, but it's like it's it's expectedly bad. Right. The difference of going to see a movie that you expect to be bad, and then there's a difference of going to see a movie you expect to be good. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. If you look real close, when Dave Grohl's in the basement, you see a Buck Rogers ray gun, apparently. Yeah. I didn't see that, but it's on the table or something like mm-hmm. that. It's the same one that they used on the front of Foo Fighters. Oh, that's a good Easter egg. Right. And when the delivery guy first drives up to the house, he stops halfway up the stairs and looks up to the light. What is that from? Oh, Exorcist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot more that I got tucked into some of the trivia like they use shears which is totally to the burning oh like yeah frame for frame almost when Dave Grohl comes jumping up out of the pool to grab somebody or when he's sick he does it in the form of the front cover of right there look oh Evil Dead yeah the original cover of Evil Dead with the girl with her hand up he comes out of the water like that Uh, there's a bunch more but I thought they were going to do a um Bay of Blood or the Bava movie when they were under the bed. Uh-huh. Or they po- right. Yeah. But then it was, it was, it was fucking Dave Grohl possessed. 
and they had Jackal on in the background to that song with the buzzsaw. Ring, 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 ring. I remember the video for that back in the day when they had the like sort of like redneck metal sort of thing going on. Uh, do you remember Jackal? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to wrap this up pretty quick because I don't want to go too long for you guys because, you know. You went long last week, okay? Yeah, we went really long. <laughs> um, fuck, apparently they use 162 times or it's derivatives. So fuck, fucking, fucker. Somebody counted? Yeah, 162 oh times on average. It, it says an average of 1.5 per minute. <laughs> but that's how people talk. It's true. The red 1995 Dodge 1500 Ram van that was featured in the film is mm -hmm. the same van that was used for the Foo Fighters' first USA tour to promote their debut album. And he still has it. Yeah. Oh, sentimental Of course you would. Do you know what kind of That's bonding cool. goes on in those? Oh, I know. It's, it's, it's definitely not sex, but, you know, there might be sex in the van. It's just not with each other. But it's a bonding moment that you have. That you're like, it's like you're going to war together. You know what I mean? Like it honestly feels like you got to stick together and make this shit work. Mm -hmm. And you're having a blast. You're getting into arguments. You're, you know, it's stressful. There's down times. There's bad times. There's good times. You mm -hmm. go through the whole fucking thing. You can't come out of a vehicle with all of that emotions in there without having something. That that van's probably magical to them. You know what I mean? Right. So, um. They were going to actually tour in that van again um, for the van tour in, 29, in 2020, but because of the C-bomb, uh -huh. they didn't. Uh oh. So, but that's pretty much it for the uh, trivia. I uh, There's some other things that I have tucked into the movie that I found that, you know, I could brag about, that I could point out. So just understand, guys, we can't we have time to tell you everything about the movie, but we are going to talk about some of our favorite kills and some of the worst parts in the movie, maybe. What do you think? Uh, what is one of your favorite scenes? Uh, around the beginning, I did like that sound guy when he was setting stuff up. I, I like that. whole. I didn't think they'd kill him off so soon. Wait, which one? The, the Oh, I want, I want he was the, the tech. Guy, he the was tech. the tech. The tech. Sorry, I don't know yeah, what Yeah, that's called. the tech. Yeah, I like that. I liked it like, when uh, he was doing the drums and Dave kept telling him to move the drum a little bit and he's like, bitch, you know, he's yeah, like yeah. rolling his eyes. Eh, a little bit to the right. <laughs> and then you hear the the final one and you hear a scream. And it's like, oh, there it is. Yeah, but then he, he ends up electric. He gets electrocuted. Right. Which, and then he dies, and they're like, well, let's just keep going. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, Krug would want this, man. He wouldn't want us to quit. <laughs> like, but he was complaining the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's how they justify everything in this movie is like, they keep finding bodies, and they're like, but we can't let everybody down. We got to get this done. Yeah, it's funny. It's just stupid. Yeah, it really is. Like, the delivery guy getting killed was pretty glorious that was the burning moment where he uses the scissors up but he cuts his head off with it he decapitates them. and then he grabs his head holds it and then and then i forget what he does with the body but they find it later and they're like oh my god and he was like oh there's his oh that's the delivery guy because there's a bunch of ranch cups <laughs> because the first time he came to the house he, he forgot bring, he didn't yeah. bring enough ranch he's like oh that's right he mentioned his fucking demo and then he throws the demo back into the, the at the dead body. Oh. I thought he was gonna listen to it and like use a cut from it or something like that. Yeah, steal it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, because he's it. stealing it from the other band that died right, in that house. Right. I love the idea of the whole like. I mean, it's ridiculous calling it an L sharp because there is no other fucking note, right? Right. But it's just funny in that sense. 
And I love the idea that he is essentially tuning all the like, you know how they say like, like the seven points on the star represented each yeah. of them. He's six. covering different tones in the music to unlock the portal to hell mm -hmm. to let hell unleash on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's how he lets the thing through is by playing certain notes, notes. that are in the tune of L sharp <laughs> and like, fuck it. It's, it's pretty great. Like I, I love that idea that it's a never ending song and it's kind of like a run on joke mm -hmm. where they're like, Oh man, that's, I mean, 10 minutes is a long time. We're not going to write a 44-minute song, are we? He's like, hell no. We're going to write it longer than that. It's like, oh, fuck. One of my favorite kills has got to be the Raimi Jaffe fucking kill where he's like sexing the neighbor. Right, and the chainsaw. And the chainsaw comes up and cuts them both. It comes through her face into his head and saws them both in half. And the bodies fall over like, holy fuck. Fuck. And they squishy, like they make that squishing song when they, when they yeah. <laughs> fall. Gross, you don't have to make it. Everybody knows. Mictophobia or no, whatever. Ugh, gross. <laughs> uh, I hate it. I hate it. What, others, what were their other kills that were really when, good? When Taylor got killed with the, um, what's the drum thing called? The, oh, the symbol. The symbol. Yeah. He threw the symbol. Threw a it, zildjian at his head. Yeah, decapitated him. Yeah, he threw it. It stuck to his head. It chopped down. That was, I think, in a um, Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I can't remember. That's been done in a lot of different movies. I just don't know who the first person was to do it. And then, like, kind of towards the end, when you think, like, you know, Pet Smear and the other guy are going to escape because they're going to the van. Right. And and then all of it, all of a sudden, the you know the ex the executive and the realtor show back up, and they're all culty in their cult robes and shit. Yeah, and I thought that was like that was we set this funny. up so that you would go there. See, that went on way too long. Yeah, that did go on a little bit too long. Like they really didn't need to do a lot of that, but there was a really cool scene where Dave jumps over the pool, and then they open the Necronomicon book. And, like, it shocks him, and then he comes back, but then he's not, like, it's still the fucking demon. It didn't do anything to him. How did they Probably kill Pat him. and him? Uh, the, the realtor came, and then, uh, oh, so this thing comes through the car and stabs him in the eye, right? Oh, right. And then the car goes in reverse, and then Pat... Pops his fucking head, dude. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Holy... I knew that was happening. That was, was like, fucking Why crazy. would you fucking jump a car from underneath? I mean, I guess there... Yeah, I didn't... Maybe if it was I've an never, old car, but... I've never seen that before. We're gonna do this old school. I'm like, I was how like, long, oh, Pat, don't do how that. How long does it take you to fucking jumpstart a car? It's taking him, like, 20 minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but the whole like obvious trope of the executive who's like yeah we needed some fucking idiot who needed a you know who could finish the album because satan rules you know and dave and the exec get into a fight and they start kicking each other in the nuts which is like <laughs> ridiculous um but yeah that that head popping scene and i would say the symbol and then of course the, the saw yeah those three are the best yeah they really were but there was some other ones that were pretty cool too like they there's some pretty they put some creativity in everyone's death what did you think about like pat smear always sleeping in the kitchen and stupid stuff like I that i thought that was weird i'm sure that relates to like real life you know there's got to be something yeah in there's it. Yeah. something there's some behind all that like they always find pat sleeping in the weirdest places or something like that mm -hmm. because they do make some jokes about dave's cooking 
Yeah. And Dave really does like to grill steaks. Mm -hmm. Like, because I heard him talking about it in Hot Ones, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, guys, if you know the show Hot Ones where they eat the wings and they do like eight, the gauntlet or whatever. It's on Hulu. It is literally one of my favorite Hot Ones that I've ever seen. Because Dave Grohl is like, hey, dude, so like you offered wings and I figured I'd bring something too, you know, like offer you. So they take shots in between each of the fucking (laughs) wings and they end up doing more than the wings. <laughs> and Dave's a fucking champ, by the way, at that shit, dude. Oh my God. It was really fun to watch. I, I like that's what partly ran me late today. Because uh, you were watching because that. Because I was watching that to get some, you know Inspro. It, no, like get some trivia and shit like that. Because but he did talk about the movie even he, though he, he did a little bit, but it was the, the same movie. shit for like one minute and then he just like went on and he was like a fucking kid in a candy store, like eating wings and just laughing with Sean and Oh man, it was great though. But yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I mean, like, he he really drinks, man. Like he's a That's scary. Not, I don't think it's a, it, it, no. He doesn't come across as that. Like no, no. I I mean like your body at that age, right? And if you it's doing, not good. It's not good. Yeah, but you know, rock stars. <laughs> he was talking about Pantera and how they have the black velvet or no wait Crown Royal and Coke was something else but I couldn't figure out what the third ingredient was and it was called a black teeth something that Pantera always drank and they drank those the whole fucking time and I was thinking about making this shot based around that and then we were like we didn't have the ingredients so we were just like fuck it (laughs) it was too too late it was too late so but yeah I, I didn't really love the end so much it was kind of predictable I guess um, it didn't build up to the end, so to speak. It just kind of like felt like there was like five different endings. Yeah. And the, <laughs> you know what I mean? He was still possessed to, to right. start a solo career to take over the world. It was blah, like blah, blah. very spotty parts towards the end. It just felt like, uh, okay. And, mm-hmm. But I still, even even with all that flaws, I'm sure fun. some people are like, oh my God, it's like terrible. It's like a three. I don't care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> You can suck a dick. I don't really care. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. I don't. I don't ha- didn't have high expectations for it. So it landed somewhere above average for me. You know what I mean? Which was seven or seven point five. So an eight for Christina. So seven point yep. seven five from the two of us. It was a good week this week. Yeah, and a nine or an eight point seven five from the two of us on uh, the other one mm-hmm. at the very least. If I not sh- nine, I should take more time off so I could come back and yeah. kill it. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> you work for me. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> well, if I work for you, how are we gonna how are we gonna pay the mortgage? You work for okay? free for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we had fun, right? It was yes, we did. Okay. We had fun with these. Two. This was a good week. It was a good, like I said, yes, it was a very good week. It was, it was a really good week. We haven't had that good a week in a long, long time. time. Oh my god! And there's always one that's like we're like, eh, and then we've had a few weeks where like both of them were like, eh. a lot, a lot of those weeks. But yeah, you got to take risks so that the good ones are really good. You know what I mean? So. But I would love to hear what you guys think. It, was this a movie that was for you? Was The Cursed for you guys? Like, what did you think of both of these films? And are you anxious to see them? Um, and we got some other stuff that we're going to be talking about next week. We don't know exactly what we're going to watch yet. But we but it's will... Alex's birthday episode. Is it my birthday episode? Yes, it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's already that quick. Oh, fuck. I don't know what we want to watch. So Alex is going to pick movies and we will post it on social media. God damn it. My birthday always comes up so quick and then I never do anything it's because I don't know what to do. It's because we're fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> 
So what are we doing for my birthday, Christina? I mean, do do you want to watch? Oh, so I guess I get to pick. You get to pick, or I can pick for you. We should watch Scream. No, <laughs> no, not happening. Uh, I'll find something that I really like. Maybe we'll retread over something that we do like, or yeah, just watch a slew should. of movies that I really want to watch that I haven't seen in a while. I think we should do that. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, I've, I've, I've I always watch rewatch all of my movies that I love. And I've already done Dead Alive, Brain Dead. Yeah, we've done that. Uh, I did the other Brain Dead movie with uh, the kids. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. The other Brain Dead movie. There was oh. two Brain Dead movies. They call it Dead Alive in America. Uh, yeah, that's the Peter Jackson one. Right. There's another Brain Dead movie. Oh, okay. With Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman that's in it. That's right. And then I think yeah, it was like Candy Apple Brain Smash or something for my birthday. But we did like three brain movie oh we did the brain brain dead and brain dead it was like all three brain movies oh we're not doing three movies yeah. <laughs> no we'll do like one or two let's well, do one no christina we'll do what i want it's my birthday you shut the hell up but yeah guys thank you so much for coming by and spending time with us we hope you had a good episode with us i think it was a fun one but uh, we'll be back next week to celebrate my birthday and we'll uh, we'll have a great episode then too so we hope to see you here next week but thanks again and as always long live the voice you have been listening to me